I was still using drugs well after I had my conversion moment. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was, I was stealing pills, stealing, uh, you know, as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And I remember I closed the mirror of going through somebody's cabinet. And I, I, once again, I, I felt the Holy Spirit say, this is not who you are. Mm-hmm. And that was it. In my work as a pastor and pioneer of new things, I get to work with, coach, and learn from others, tilling soil, planting seeds, and praying for rain as we dig in and engage our communities for the mission of God. Join me as we share stories from the field in the Common Ground Podcast. And now back to part two of my conversation with Sam. We, we lived in our car for six months. We, you know, we, we were, we declared bankruptcy. My dad had mental illness because of, um, you know, being in the Vietnam war and, mm. you know, just on and on and on about some of the stuff that we had to go through as I, you know, my sister and I had to go through as children mm. and the church was nowhere, yeah, nowhere. And, uh, and when we, when we ever did lightly interact with them, it was, it was like, you're on our turf. You got to go by our mm-hmm. way. And it's like, well, okay. you know, I'm not going to do that. And then Mm -hmm. to see, you know, when you really start, because that's what started to change. There was one, there was the one person besides my wife was a big, big person in this. But the one person that was outside of my family was this, this lady named Fran Allen, who led this class, led this disciple Bible study class that we got into that I got in specifically just to get ammunition to tear apart Christians. (laughs) And so, uh, and so I would literally just be a jerk and Mm. poke holes and everything. Mm-hmm. And she was not a biblical scholar by any stretch. In fact, I would argue to say that, you know, especially now being after seminary, that some of her stuff was barring heresy. But anyways, <laughs> so, but, but but she there was never a moment she did. I didn't I didn't absolutely know that she fully loved me. Yep. She loved you. She loved you anyway. There was never a moment. And mm-hmm. and I was and I'm telling you. That is what changed. Yeah, that is what changed. That's amazing. And then when you start when you start reading the scripture when you start reading the scriptures through that lens of love, it's you just see it everywhere, and it's like this is it. This this is what it is. And and what and, and what that does is that requires us to not have people come to us. Mm-hmm. You know, and but mm-hmm. that's what I'm crazy. We we literally have a religion where God came to us, right? And we've turned it into you come to God, right? And then we have enough, then we have enough uh, guts to look at other religions and say how bad they are. Right. When we've done, we do the same things. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm sorry to be on my pot about it, but uh, it's the prophetic in me, but uh, (laughs) bring it, (laughs) but, but it's like, I don't, and I just don't understand how you guys don't, how we don't see this. Right. Right. And, and we, and we look around and, and we look at, we look at what fresh expressions is doing. Like that, I was saying this the other day, like we are so lucky in the American church in the North well, in the United States church uh-huh. to, to, we don't have to go in blind. Like Britain did. Yeah. England did. Yeah. We are literally doing everything they're doing. Right. They are from our future. Yes. They are from yeah, our future. And so it's yeah. like, we literally get to read into our future mm-hmm. and be like, y'all, this is all happening to us. Right. And this is, we don't have to make any of the same mistakes they did. Right. And, uh, and they want to help us and, uh, and they're doing great things and they're reaching new people and they're, and, and, the, and the disciples they're making are like deep, you know, disciples right. that are, right. 
one person changing, you know, a whole community kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, not getting people into a building and get a nice budget with lights or anything like that, right. but like deep life change. And to, to, to look at, to hear some of the stuff that people goes like, well, you know, we can use this to, you know, make, to get the pr- church back to where it was. And I'm like, right. what? this is not a church growth model. This is not a save my church model. This is a call back to faithfulness, I believe. And, um, and then that apostolic nature of the, ch- the apostolic and evangelistic nature of the church, which is why that we've lost, um, which is why the prophets are so important. Um, and we talk about, you know, we, we talk about prophets, um, apostles, evangelists, shepherds, teachers, all in the, all in the uh, Ephesians for gifting, um, and the five Q that Alan Hirsch talks about. So you're, you're, you lead with the, the prophetic, I'm assuming, how, how, what is your, what is your, well, actually I'm like, uh, my primary is apostolic. Okay. Uh, but, but, uh, prophetic is right behind it and evangelistic. And when okay. it comes to shepherd and teacher, uh, it's like negative something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I am an evangelist. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm an, uh, yeah, I'm an evangelist, uh, apostle, prophet, shepherd, teacher. And nice. yes, my shepherd teacher gifts are, are pretty low on the scale there. But I think we we've definitely lost the um, the desire or even the recognition of those gifts as being yes. so significant to the church continuing to um, understands its missional evangelistic nature and quality. Um, right, that we are not a church with a mission. We are the mission with the God's mission with the church, right? Yeah, as has been said. Um, and so you know, it's really that call that that prophetic that it that calls us back to, um, <clears throat> you know, seeing things for what they are and saying, wait, this isn't right. Like what you said when you when you came into the church and you're like, why are we doing this? And this doesn't make any sense. I actually said this. To and I have been saying this, but I said this in a, a room full of people. I probably shouldn't have said it in. Uh, but I said, you know, we've we've as a church, the capital C church, we've pushed out the apes. Yeah. Or we've or we've conformed. We made them conform, and uh, and now we have a church uh, full of shepherds and teachers. And so I, I said, I would. I think I have a pretty strong argument in saying that we don't even have a functioning church. Right. Because all of those gifts are needed. Yeah. If they're not, if if all those gifts aren't, and I think Hirsch argues this, and I agree with him, is if those gifts aren't in the church, that is not a church. Mm. And it and it's like, and it's hard thing to hear that, but and and I don't I don't say that because I want to make people feel bad. I I, 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 I what did somebody I think it was Hirsch that said this? You know, a bad prophet points out the bad, but a good prophet always points to the better. And so I don't say mm. this to say, you know, hey, y'all suck mm-hmm. and we should tear it all down. I say it because, no, don't you understand? We have a, here is the solution. This mm-hmm. is something we can do. And this is this is what our future could look like if we did this. It's This is what it's supposed to look like. Right. And, uh, and, and you know, so it's not shocking that we get pushback from it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I know that, I know personally for me, my heart's changed where, you know, my anger has been just more to pity. You know, yeah. it's just like, like oh you know god it's it's, you know you get glimpses of feeling like you know what god must feel like when Mm. you know he loves his church so much he loves us all so much or god loves us all i hate doing patriarchal words but uh you know um that but yet god still just keeps 
throwing his 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 hand out and saying, "Come on, you know, I, I'm, we're just keep doing this. You know, you're going to live into this. I know you can." And uh, right. and it's it's just so it's such a punch in the it, it's it's something I've keenly experienced in the past. I would say year and a half. Mm-hmm. It's just like wow, you know. I, now I'm getting an idea of what God feels like. Mm. Just a, a a frustration and a dismay and. I wouldn't even say that. No, it's like you're, you have kids. How many kids you have? I have two. Yeah. You, then you know what it is. Uh, like I want so much more for you. I want so much more for you. Or it's not even, it's not even, I want so much more. It's like, I know there is so much more. Yeah. Yeah. Like I know it. Yeah. And, uh, and that was one of the things that, you know, I, I talk about with my wife a lot is less like, you know, I know who I know what my daughter can be. She's 13 right now. Mm-hmm. You can imagine what that's like. Uh, um, I remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like, but we, we can't model the way the world does it. We got to model the way God does it. And yeah. when that happens, you know, you have to come from a broken hearted place yeah. uh, to, to really be able to try to try to lead her not you know or for not push her or force her but lead her into that identity and walk and walk with her yeah and 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 keep pointing out that those places where god is working and 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 the way that god designed her with the purpose and um and and her where her real identity comes from i think that's that's probably the i think even more challenging with girls um mm-hmm than boys having two girls of my own. But, um, but yeah, that journey, that journey and walking with and not giving up and not, you know, and, um, that, that long suffering, um, unconditional love that God's shown for all of us. Well, and see, and this is what I would argue, this is where I push it even farther. And it's like, when we think about, um, you know, when we say about, you know, Jesus came, God came and died for us. Right. And we think, we think about, you know, life we think about, and which is that actually happened. Yes. But we forget to me, I, I, I read it much. There's so many layers that you can read that into. It's like, what else are you willing to let die mm-hmm. in order to let your, the love you have for somebody or, or a church? Mm-hmm. Like, so are you willing, like, this, this is where you go. Are you willing to let your doctrine die mm-hmm. are you willing to let your creeds die are you willing to let your perspective on how you read scripture die uh you know and 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 i know i'll get a lot of pushback on that but it's like i don't know i i can see i can there has been books but i can write a book on all the way god uh let let uh, the, the fancy words accommodated, but mm-hmm. you know how God accommodated what, he, what God knew was our future so that God's love could be expressed to us. And we, we wouldn't be lost. Right. We wouldn't walk away. And so I, that's why I say, I, I hold on to my beliefs like this. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know uh, there's only, there's probably a two or three things if I think that we really need to hold on to as a Christian, that's it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, everything else is important, but it's not necessary. Right. But I do really believe that, that the number one thing is like, when we, when you say you, you love, you know, greater love is none other than this, that a, somebody would lay down their life. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think about that. I was like, how am I going to lay down my life? Like this person, this, 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 this pagan in front of me, obviously I'm not going to, 
there's there's I don't think there's going to be an opportunity for me to like physically die for this person, but what can die? Mm. What can I, how can I show him me dying mm-hmm. just to show him, to express to him my, my love for him? Right. And will I, will my, my, my sense of decorum die? You, you see what I'm going Or with? your sense of being right and knowing what's right. And I mean, all of those things that they're, you know, you can know what's right all day long, you know, but um, if you try to, if you come up from a place of defensiveness, <laughs> um, you know, you and I both know that that doesn't work very well. Um, no, it does. With with the with the prophetic, apostolic, evangelistic gifts, people don't like to listen to you when you kind of you know. Anyway, but I, I I think there's there's something really significant there that um that I wanted to back up into. I think we could talk about this whole idea of how God has shown His love toward us in um in all of those. I, I use the word accommodations. Um, the those incarnational contextualized ways I think across mm, time exactly. and history. Um, I think we could talk about that for hours, and we'll definitely have to do another podcast on that. Yeah. But I'm I also want to no, no, you're great. I it's nice to not have to carry a conversation. So you know, it's it's yeah, yeah I, I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I I I want to go back to kind of evangelistic models just for a minute. Um, because, you know, I think, you know, you said that they've saddened you. And I think, um, you know, some of our older models that may have been effective for a time, um, given the landscape of um, our country or even the Western world and our approaches to evangelism, um, per- particularly in a time where, um, you know, um, there was an operating Christian memory in the larger part of the population and, you um, you know, I'm here to tell everybody, hello, most people do not have an operating Christian memory. You know, that might shock people inside the church, but that is a fact, my it's friends. And I would also say, you know, and and, and that Judeo-Christian um, morals and values that are very foreign to a lot of people, um, the larger part of our population. Um, a lot of them we pay lip service to, but we have no idea what that looks like to live out. And um, I could go on and on and on about that. But um, I would say that, you know, for the most part, those evangelism models operate from a Genesis 3 reading of Scripture and not, uh, yes. uh, you know, Genesis 2. Yeah, a Genesis 2 reading of Scripture, um, which starts with uh, the be- our belovedness and and that God loves us so much yeah. and and created us for a relationship with God um and that comes before anything else whereas you know most of our evangelistic approaches start with pointing out sin and our need for a savior and and frankly um i think there is along with the the disappearing christian memory and judeo christian framework for our western society is an understanding of even what sin is. Uh, there's such a, um, we live in such a secular and pl- pluralistic um, society that um, we don't even understand what sin is even more anymore. No. So let's start with let's start with love, and um, and then then I think you know it's just like scripture is this mirror that you hold up to yourself, right? That we, as much as we try. Um, 
to we we do in fact bring ourselves to the scripture <laughs> such as we try to you know bring scripture to ourselves and hold it up as a mirror we do bring ourselves to the scripture in our own you know formation and framework and experiences in life and all of those things but how do we again allow that to continue the scripture to continue to change us and reflect to us what what the the truth is um, I'm using air quotes. I know you can't see this on a podcast, but um, I'm using air quotes on Zoom right now. Um, <laughs> and and again, allow the Holy Spirit to do that heavy lifting there um, in ways that, like you were saying, ask really good questions instead of trying to give all of the answers. And then there's something intrinsically that happens in a person um, rather than, you know, us coming in and handing down knowledge that is supposed yeah. to change someone um, and telling them they're sinners, right? And that they need Jesus and all of those things. No, you know what? I don't even, here's what, it's funny you said all that because that's, that's what, that was really, and I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the story where it came from um, was, uh, so uh, here's another wrinkle to my, my, my justification. So, you know, I've been a, I was a drug user since I was 14. And so I was still using drugs well after I had my conversion moment. Mm -hmm. And I remember I was, I was stealing pills, stealing, uh, you know, as a Christian. Mm -hmm. And I remember I closed the mirror of going through somebody's cabinet. And I, I, once again, I, I felt the Holy Spirit say, this is not who you are. Mm -hmm. And that was it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I tell you what, and then I heard, who was it? I think it was, I think it was Roar. And uh, he goes, um, and that was the first time I ever heard about inherited goodness, inherent mm, goodness. Mm -hmm. And it was like, wait a minute, you're right. It, it was, it was, we were, we, we're not inherently bad. We're inherently right. good. Amen. And when you're, yes. and when you're, and when you're in, when your anthropology, mm. when you start with a negative anthropology, you're going to have a negative theology. Yeah. So if you have, if you start with a positive, um, yeah theology a, a positive anthropology and see so now when i talk to people when i start here's 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 how we talk to people is it's like uh and i get i believe it or not i get just as much pushback and i was like you know you know i believe everybody's inherently good and they're like no <laughs> and i was just like like yeah i mean i do because if and it's it's so basic mm -hmm. logic i don't even need to be theological about this if if we're supposed to uh, believe that we're made in the image of god mm-hmm no matter if we're tainted or not, and this is what I love because I'll say if we're made in the image of God, that means we are inherently good. And they're like, no, Sam, you're tainted with sin. Well, how can something be tainted unless it's clean first? Yeah, that's so right. We're still, yeah, we're still inherently good. Yeah. And so now it's not a thing of of um, turn away from your sin, run away from your sin, repent of your sin. It's return to who you are, return yeah. to your, your yes. original identity. And, and when I start saying, and like, it's, I even interpret Jesus, uh, John 14, a little bit differently, you know, on the way, the truth and the life. Um, it's like, I mean, don't you see how Jesus is saying, guys, the way I've lived my life, it's the truth on the best way to live your life. It's your mm -hmm. full humanity. This mm -hmm. is your full humanity and full relationship with God. Yeah. Everything's surrendered. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so when, uh, to me, it's all been about like, I think that's what a lot of our stuff is. And I think it's why it connects especially with all of our FX is why it connects to the, the people here is because it gener the millennials, generation Y, generation yeah. uh, Z, they, they have this thing in them that, um, that, they, that pluralism th has been good for them to see that 
there is such a diversity and it's so hard to start pigeonholing people into good and bad, black and white, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and so to, to start off by saying, no, we're, we're going to make the assumption that everybody we encounter is good. Yeah. And, and, and if they don't know that, we'll help them find it. As a, as the mother of a 17 and a almost 22 year old, that resonates with them. That is where they operate from. So for that is where they come from. And that is that gives me a ton of hope, honestly. Um, and I know it. that's really messy for those of us who have been in the institutional church for any period of time because that, that's very uncomfortable. Um, but it's something like to your point earlier that we kind of have to journey with them in um, because they they do see the inherent goodness in people and and. Um, you know how do how do we help them? How do we help this generation? Um, you know, kind of uh, recognize the value of that. Number one, I think they do. But how do we help the church recognize the value of that? Um, and then journey together, I guess, toward you know what's possible for the the future of the church in this um, these gener these emerging generations. Well, and I guess for me, my my drumbeat has always been this is not who you are. Like when my daughter, she I jo she's you know mm. obviously she's thirteen, and I could go go on and on about all the ways that her behavior is very interesting sometimes. <laughs> and uh, but and and and. And what I say to her all the time is I'll let her do whatever she's doing and I'll be like, you know, you're not this person. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that's it. I don't, don't say anything more. And, and then what happens eventually is like, what do you mean when you say that, you mm -hmm. know? And, and then we start saying, well, this is the good I see in you. And this is, this is what, yeah. and see, and that's what the, hers, a 13 year old, all she's doing is trying to find her identity. Right. Right. And, and of course, you know, we, we, and this was, if you've read anything it's, in Asbury, you know, we've talked about how, you know, all of everything we do in the world is a liturgy or as catechesis, yes, everything yes. is forming us. Yes. And so, so they're now they're what's so different about the, the world we're living in now is like our, just the, just the amount of formation that we have just in the, this thing right here. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not, trust me, I'm a big, he's holding up his phone. I know you can't see that on podcast. <laughs> yeah. Of, I mean, I'm a big proponent of technology, mm -hmm. but, um, but like we get formed so much through this mm -hmm. and, and, and to the point where, you know, we're almost a caricature of our humanity now. Mm. And so now me coming or, uh, you know, us coming in and I'm not the only one, uh, you know, there's tons of people that are trying to spread this, this, I don't know if you want to call it this version of the gospel, but um, it's just like, uh, no, let us help. I, I want to help you. And there's this guy named Jesus who showed us what, what, a, what, what we can look like in our full humanity. Yeah, yeah. I always say this, Jesus came, uh, Jesus came to show us who God is and who we are. Yeah, I say that all the time, yep. and and it's like so when you start talking about sin, sin becomes a totally different conversation mm -hmm. in terms of instead of you did something bad, you need right. to um, you need to say you're sorry to, you know that's not who you are, right? Right. You know, and uh, so when you start talking about any kind of sin, you know, it becomes much more. I think once again positive of like uh, of trying to guide them back to 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 who they really are yeah and yeah. Uh, and it's so it's so much less confrontational it's so much yeah. less healthy i mean so much more healthy yeah um and uh and it, it just always leaves the door open instead of closing <laughs> 
It's so good. I, I, I remember, I mean, to, to my girls many times, um, and they don't listen to this podcast, so I can talk about them. <laughs> um, but particularly my younger one, um, she is the life of the party. And um, oftentimes when she would leave the house to to go do things with friends, I would say, remember who you are. Mm, yeah. Remember who you are. And um, so that that's so good. I, I yeah, that's um, definitely something we could we could talk more about. Um, I know we're running out of time, but I I would love for you to to share two things with us. Number one, um, you know, we talk about common ground in this podcast, and um, particularly in the um, it, with this whole idea of pervenient grace and and how you know God is working everywhere in our midst and um, just inviting us to be a part of that um, and and working in everyone's lives. So. Um, you know, I think fresh expressions are an opportunity for us to find places to meet people on common ground, whether it be with an affinity um, group or place or um, whatever. So I, I like to ask where you're finding where you're finding common ground right now. OK, well, I mean, pro- the one thing that jumps to my mind right now goes back to some of the, the relationship that we've developed with the university here in my Wesley mm-hmm. capacity is um, I, I distinctly remember the th- where the relationship really started to change was, and it's, it's always one of those things where I said it, I didn't even remember saying it, but which means I didn't say it, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it was, it was obviously from the, the Holy spirit, but mm-hmm. I, I said, uh, I was talking to one of the people, two of the people in the administration and, and I was just like me, we both want the same thing. We both care about students and want them to live into their full potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys, um, your, your your focus is education, and and mine is uh, spiritual. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and that's I it, it's, I, I said it much more flippantly than that. Mm-hmm. But I remember that's when they came back and started to talk to us about taking over the food pantry and and <laughs> the clothing and and the um, and now the mentoring program was like. We, we don't, this is what they said. We don't know how to take care of them spiritually. We know how to educate them. Yeah. We know how to educate, educate them very well. So we, we want, we want to educate them and we want you to form them, help them, Mm. help them, you know, become everything they can be. So now we're working with the full human integration. Yes. And, and so, and this was from a a secular institution. And so our common ground was the students. Yeah. You know, this is who this is. This is our common ground and how we can how we can because they were doing things that were in uh, our wheelhouse and we were doing things that were in their wheelhouse. And now we can just go, nope, this is our wheelhouses, but we're all working for the same thing. That's, that's what I think that's so the good. biggest thing that came in my mind. What a great lens to even think of the church through. Right. Hey, you know, we're kind of all doing our little things in compartments. What if we all work together <laughs> for the same? Yeah, for the same mission. That would be um, awesome. So I know both of us have like piles of books around our um, houses and, you know, in our cars and all of those things. What are you reading right now? Maybe it's for fun. I I, I joked and said, maybe I should ask you what you're not reading. Um, and then is there anything that you're listening to, whether it be music or a preacher or a podcast that's really got your attention right now? I um, Do you do the Enneagram much? Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm an eight, but so that means I'm kind of in the five world too, if I'm in unhealth. Mm-hmm. So, but I am like, and I just, I am a rabid learner. Like I can't, there's, 
something's mm-hmm. always coming in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so like when it comes to books, yeah, I literally have on my daily to-do list is read full read. That's the every day I, I have to read something. And, uh, and so like a lot of them, like some of the great stuff that you and I have been blessed with from Michael and, uh, from Alan Hirsch mm-hmm. and, you know, so I'm literally like, I'm literally reading that stuff in a day. Like I'm reading Michael, all of his books, like one book in a day, another book in a day, another mm-hmm, book in a day. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm doing that, but, um, I'm a big, uh, I mean, if you haven't, I mean, a huge, huge, absolutely humongous Richard Rohr fan. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, because that, that dude is just, what's your top, what's your top Richard were our pick? Oh my God. Universal Christ. Okay. Uni- Universal Christ is, it, I mean, not to, not to, um, get back to the evangelism topic, but just to rip on that, that I, to me, that is the evangelism book for this current generation. Okay. Uh, because th- th- when I've read these with 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 all kinds of different people across the spectrum, not there's not a single person that doesn't go, I yes, yes, resonates. You know, it's like saying Christ is in everything. They're yeah. like, yes, it's all those things you perceive, but no one's ever quite articulated it that way before. Yeah, yeah, but all of his stuff's good. But yeah, the Universal Christ is I. That's going to be, I know for us, it's been one of the best evangelism tools, just, just right. using that as a discussion framework. Yeah. Good. And if, as for podcasts, mm-hmm. I listen to 50 podcasts. So, uh, but. You're worse than me. <laughs> I think I've got like 30 in my uh, subscriptions. I listen to everything. Like, um, I love like the Bible for normal people. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I love, um impact 360 ted talks are always great mm-hmm. um uh nt wright has a really great podcast that uh that he put out that i listen to quite often okay uh, i'm trying to see what else uh freakonomics you ever listen to freakonomics i've i read the book years ago oh i love freakonomics it's so good and you know about what barna is doing with glue right with the church no. pulse and all that stuff no no girl girl <laughs> How can you be? You, you gotta. How can you even be having this conversation with me right now? Hang this up. But uh, <laughs> oh, I mean, that's a whole other topic. But um, Church Pulse Weekly is phenomenal. Like, if this wasn't like, I mean, I, I'll, maybe I'll talk about it with you offline. But this thing was so orchestrated by the Holy Spirit mm. to to hit like right now. Mm. It's so nuts because it's mm-hmm. basically getting real time data from the ground, from churches, from pastors, and uh, congregation people uh, with the five areas of human flourishing. So we can like turn on a dime on, on like what's happening in our specific context as a, uh, both as a micro wow. context and a macro context. Talk about adaptive. Yeah. It's so good. I'll and uh, like you out. learn so many things. Um, but uh, what's another, what's one good one? Oh, I never told you like Greg Boyd, when it comes to theologians, mm-hmm. like great, you ever heard of Greg Boyd? I have. Yeah. Greg Boyd is, he's my, uh, he's, he's the whip. I mean, his, uh, his crucifixion of the warrior God, um, uh, his whole cruciform hermeneutic is, it is, it's a paradigm changer. It really is. It, it, it explains everything about the, um, the violence in the old Testament, everything. Um, but yeah, those are just a few that I listened to. Uh, but I mean, I listened to, I listened to fun stuff too. Like, uh, I Lovecraft Countries was a great show. And uh <laughs> I'm a little bit of a I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist only because they're just so fun. 
to uh to to hear about uh but uh you know so i listened to a couple of those like stuff uh what was it the stuff they don't want you to know is oh. a really really good one yeah it's just <laughs> that's great i love it those are like those are like my things where i unhitch my brain for a little bit yeah that yeah we all de- we all need to do that from time to time right <laughs> unhitch our brain I'm just I'm still looking for the matrix upload for all of the th- all of the books I want to read, you know, just put the little put the little um chip in the back of my head and um we'll be well, all my good. My thing was my thing was uh, I think it was my second semester at se- at seminary. It was a uh, Margaret was it Margaret I, I know her last name was Show. I can't remember her first name, but she did church history 1 and uh she said uh she taught us how to academically read. And that was I did that as well as learn how to speed read. And I can burn through about 350 pages. In a I am out of practice in speed reading, I have to say. I've I've been out of seminary for a decade now, and um, this, is, this has definitely been um, uh, an adjustment for my lifestyle, so. Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> well, see, I, I, I left my, I finished my MDiv in December and then signed up. Yeah, for you're crazy. You're crazy. You're crazy. I love it. I love it. You're, you're sharp. So, well, I don't know about that. Ah, Sam, thank you so, so much for your time today. I really appreciate you. And I can't I can't wait uh, to talk again and um, share what you have to say with the, the listening audience. I have really appreciated this. And I know you've also promised to be on one of my Facebook lives, too, for Fresh Expressions in North Georgia. So we'll get you on there soon. But send all complaints to Heather Jalad at <laughs> Yahoo.com. You're Just, funny. <laughs> Not a real email, email address. address. <laughs> that's my email address. You can reach me at Heather Jalad.yahoo.com. <laughs> <laughs>